Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Let's go to Jay in Kansas City. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, called Thank your show you. before, and I always appreciate your well uh, thought out responses and uh, your insight. I love IHI, ticker symbol, uh, iShares Trust Medical Devices ETF. Um, is now the time to stop adding to it or pull the plug or kind of what do you see long term? And provides unbiased answers. It's in a very slow upward trend. And as long as, long as it doesn't break trend, you stay with it. It didn't break trend today. Invest Talk. Over 31 million downloads and counting. Hey, guys, I had a quick question. Basically, as to when to take profits, do you have a specific percentage point at which you exit? Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. And on today's program, just like we always do here on this podcast and radio program, we state our mission statement independent thinking and shared success. And this is what we do. We make sure we provide you with accurate information, with informative you know, ways to try to grow and protect your money. Now, we've talked for months and months and months that it looks like it's going to be a, a move from growth stocks to value stocks, and that clearly has been the case all this year. Okay? So, you know, we're trying to provide you with the best information we can so you can react to it, okay? You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to sell all your gross stocks, buy all these others. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you got to be aware of how the market operates and for you to make changes in your portfolio to make sure you adjust to it. That's all. And it, the market changes. It doesn't always stay the same. And we've had ha- The gross stocks has been the king of the stock market for years now, but over long, long, long periods of time, value stocks work better. So it's value's turn. That's all I'm saying. Okay? So we'll give you all the information. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, I encourage you to give me a call. You drive this call-in show, this Invest Talk show. We talk about anything financial. So provide, you know, we take all your calls. In fact, you can call right now. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. So we're live right this second. And, of course, we'll get to our voice paint questions, which people call anytime during the day and leave your question, and we'll, we'll try to get to all of them. The numbers never change. It's always the same. 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first question. First Hi, question. Steve and Justin. This is Daniel calling from Colorado. I'm looking for steady dividend stock, and I'd like your opinion on AFLEC, AFL. wonder what you think about long-term on this company. Thanks so much. I'll listen to your response on the podcast. Bye now. AFL is Aflac. Uh, if anybody's ever watched TV, you know the, the duck. <laughs> it drives you nuts after a while. Aflac, a symbol AFL, A-F-L-A-C, Inc. is the name of the company. It's a $38 billion company. Headquarters in Georgia. Offers cancer, accident, health, disability, and life insurance in the U.S. and Japan. 
Okay, so they they what's really nice about Affleck is every year they have increased their earnings for the last ten years, pretty darn consistently. Okay, two thousand twenty four dollars and ninety three cents a share. This year five twenty one, but next year be the first year they're actually going to go down to five fourteen, so down one percent, which is kind of interesting. That's the first year in ten years. Okay, sales are growing pretty good. Last quarter fourteen percent. Quarter before that six. Before, before that, it's, you know, single-digit growth is what Affleck is. It's a $57.21 stock, going to make $5.14 next year. So that gives you 11 P.E. Now, you would think, oh, that's a, that's a very good P.E., but not really because the five-year range is 5 to 13. So it's near the high of its range. So it's, it's not cheap based on its own history. Okay, it's not cheap based on its own history. They pay 2.3% dividend, which is very nice. It could be, you know, I would buy it, but I'd wait for a decent pullback and then enter. That's what I would do. Okay. My focus point today concerns a story about Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She has urged Congress leaders to step up spending. Remember, Janet Yellen used to be the... Uh, Federal Reserve Chairman, and at that time she said, quote, uh, fiscal spending uh, is unsustainable. So she was whining when she was the Federal Reserve that spending money was unsustainable. The government spending more than it earns, which obviously is a problem. Now she wants them to spend more because mostly on her, on <laughs> she's the Secretary of Treasury. Where do you think she wants to spend more money on? She says that the government is operating in a budget that is more than a decade behind the times. So that's going to be our main talking point. find it very interesting. Other topics that I want to talk about. Um, how is credit scores determined? I've talked about this in the past, but nothing, not recently. So we'll talk about that. What, and then what will it take to get back to normal? What will it take? For our economy, our jobs to get back to normal. What you know? What what will be normal? How long is it going to take us to get there? You know. So we'll, we'll talk briefly about that. And um, talking about the PMI, the Marquette PMI number for um, manufacturing. I thought that was interesting, and we're going to get get to that. The the stock market today. The Dow was up forty six points. That was way down from a couple of hundred points it started with. The Nasdaq was up, but ended down for the day, 12 points, and so did the S&P, down two points. So it was a mixed day with the Dow leading the way. And when you hear that, this is what should be in your mind when you hear me say, the Dow was up, Nasdaq down. Dow was up, Nasdaq down. What's a Dow? It's only 30 stocks. It's 30 of the largest stocks across a variety of industries, but not a lot of tech stocks. NASDAQ, a lot of tech stocks. What defines tech stocks generally? Growth. What defines big old, big old blue chip companies? Value. That's how you can look at that. So the Dow's got mostly value stocks, and the NASDAQ has mostly growth stocks. And if the Dow is outperforming the NASDAQ, that tells you that you know, maybe value stocks are outperforming growth stocks. And they are, and they have been all this year. We're headed into a quick break. 
I am warmed up, everybody, ready to answer your financial investment questions. So if I'm warm, it's time to get hit, hit the phones. 888-99-CHART. Look at the calendar. Summer is days away. Inflation is up. Personal income is down. Now, maybe more than ever, you've got to optimize your portfolio investments. To do that, you'll need the right information and a planning strategy adjusted for your situation. So, you'll have questions for Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. And the Invest Talk phone lines are open now. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Brandon in Northern Virginia. I'm looking at different mutual funds, and I'm seeing um, the expense ratio kind of fluctuate in between them. I was hoping you could give me a little more context on that. And then while while I have the floor, I'm looking at GQGIX. So look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, let's start with GQGIX, which is GQG Partners Emerging Markets. Okay, an emerging market is fun. Okay, so he's asking about different expense ratios. If you're talking about the, the expense ratios of domestic mutual funds versus foreign invested the mutual funds that focused on foreign investments, those funds, mutual funds, are going to be always have a higher expense ratio. Because they have to buy the stocks in foreign markets. It's a more expensive. It's a higher expense ratio than domestic uh, expen- uh, mutual funds that are buying our, you know, stocks in our markets. So now, every mutual fund family has different costs, different things. And, you know, there's certain mutual funds are very are low cost. Uh, indexed mutual funds should cost less than uh, actively managed mutual funds. Those are some of the you know, parameters that differentiate how much what you should be paying attention to as far as expense ratio. So if you're looking at an emerging market fund, this might not be a bad time to invest in that. They have done pretty well, by the way. This one has done well. Um, and then it had a little pullback, and now it's moving. It got up to 20, pulled back to like about 1770. Now it's at $18.64. So it's going to probably make another run up. That's what I think. So I would, it, it, there's other emerging market funds that are less expensive than this one. So you could check that out. Go to Morningstar.com. That will give you information about all the mutual funds. My focus point today concerns a story about the Secretary, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She was urging Congress, the leaders there, to step up spending. Yellen says that the government is operating on a budget that is more than a decade behind the times. Well, it bothers me that she wants to spend more money. The government is spending way more money as it is. But she's also referring to her own department, you know, Secretary of Treasury Department. She wants to increase the budget of the IRS by $13 billion. Uh, billion, with a B. I think it was 13. It was 11 to 13. I don't remember exactly. Let's see. Uh, that. So, uh, I, man, I am so, yeah, $13.2 billion, IRS. The only asked for $13.2 billion to fund IRS discretionary spending and $417 million to guide the American Families Plan. $417 million. $13 billion for the IRS, but $417 million for American Families Plan. I don't know what that is, but probably they don't either. 
they never read the bills. They just pass them, and they don't really know what the, what they're doing. But anyways, um, it just seems to me that, you know, not that long ago she was complaining as a Federal Reserve chairman that the government is spending way too much money. And here she is now that she's part of the administration. Well, of course, let's spend a lot more money. Of course, she does say that the budget hasn't changed since 2010, uh, her her budget for her the secretary the treasury department, uh, if you adjust it for inflation, of course, that means it's higher. That means we're spending more money, but just that it's it's uh, not more than what it was in 2010. I'm okay with that. Thank do get rid of some waste. That's my opinion. The government wastes so much money. I, I know this because. When I was very young, I worked for the Navy as a as a private citizen, and I saw firsthand how much money they waste on things. And mind you, I'm I'm pro military. I'm just saying. Um, I also volunteered for various things when I was in New York City for uh, some federal government issues. Uh, I won't get into it. But I, I saw how they, they spent the budget that they didn't need to spend because if they didn't spend it, they couldn't get more money in the following year. It was, it's, it's ridiculous how they operate. No, no, no one would operate that way if they were self-employed and every dime you know, spent was a dime they just wasted. They would not do that. But that's our government for you. But giving them more money to me is not a wise thing just isn't. Now, I understand we had to spend money in COVID and all that stuff, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that they waste a ton of money. So, anyways, I don't know if I agree with Janet Yellen needing more money. So, we told you we have InvestTalk listeners all over the world. Let's prove it. Jason from Bogota, Colombia. How you doing, Jason? Hey, Steve. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking my call today. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Uh, yes, sir. I have a question on State Street. That's STT. Had it in my portfolio for a couple of years, and it uh, hasn't done much for me. And just kind of want to see what your take on it is. Okay. Uh, provides investment services, asset management primarily to institutional investors worldwide. It's a $30 billion company. They are finally uh, making uh, some progress in earnings. I mean, they they were kind of hanging around 6 $7.00. Now it's going to be six ninety nine this year, then seven ninety nine next year, and it's an eighty seven dollar stock. So you're looking at a PE around eleven, and I think you I think you need to hold on to it. I think it might start to work for you here uh, for the next year or two. So I just hold on to it for unless it broke down, maybe a tight stop and ride it up because it is moving up. And thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Jason. Thank you. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. We're headed into a break, and the Invest Talk Anytime listener line number is now open, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced, or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The Investtalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, let's go back uh, to the live lines. Let's talk to Mike in Livermore. Like Mike wants to talk about T, which is AT and T. Mike. Hi, Steve. Um, first, thank you uh, so much for what you and Justin do. What you guys do, you do make a difference. It's really cool. Thank you. And thank I you. hope the advertising I see is doing a lot better. Really takes off for you guys. You deserve it. So, thank you. That said, um, I heard on the podcast that podcast last week that you recommend a, a customer or caller to go ahead and sell his shares of AT&T. Um, and I have a position in AT&T, but I was thinking with the um, purchase or merger of Discovery, would it be better to sell now and just purchase, purchase Discovery if I went to down the road or hold until the merger is over and just stay with uh, Discovery and sell the AT&T? What would be the best way to go for me? Well, it depends on how what you want to do. AT&T, the dividend is going to go down. Uh, it's at 7.1% now, but it's probably going to be about 5, 4.7 or 8, or something like that, which is still a very healthy dividend. And I kind of like the pared-down AT&T. I kind of like it. And it's $29.32. I don't think you want to sell it at $29.32. I think it'll go back up to the mid-30s. I think it's going to go back there. Uh, meanwhile, while you're waiting, you'll pay for the, the dividend. Um, but I also think the Discovery deal that spin off from AT&T actually is a pretty good deal, too. So I, I would not sell all my AT&T stock. I, I, I might sell some of it you know, at a, in, in the mid-30s, and if I wanted Discovery, I'd, I wouldn't hesitate to buy into that. I would not. But... Um, that's up to you. It depends on your portfolio, and do you want the big blue chip dividend payer, or do you want something a little more exciting and more growth? And I think Discovery would be more exciting, more growth. AT&T is not going to be exciting with more growth. They're not. They're just, you buy it low and, and enjoy the dividend. That's about it. Mike, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Emilio, San Francisco, wants to talk about Pfizer. Emilio's. Hello? Hi, Emilio's. Yes, sir. Now I can hear you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about Pfizer, PFE, if you think. Is yeah. it, uh, you think I, I kind of like Pfizer. I have a little bit. I wanted to see if you think I should buy some more at this time. Okay. And everybody knows Pfizer develops branded prescription drugs for cardiovascular and metabolic diseases and other conditions. And, of course, you know, the 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 uh, Pfizer vaccine too. Uh, but that's, you know, see the vaccine is just a one-time thing in my mind. It's not like, it's not going to be just one time, but it'll be like one big push of sales and then it'll go down. I'm more interested in long-term. What's Pfizer going to look like? Uh, so they're going to make $3.46 this year because of the because of their vaccine, but they're going to go back down to $3.16, which was higher than the year before, two twenty two. So, they're moving in the right directions regardless of the vaccine. Uh, sales increased dramatically here in this most recent quarter, 45% up, 12% up before that. And, you know, that's all vaccine-related stuff. They pay a 4.1% dividend, and that's going to not go down. That'll be consistent. Return of equity is very healthy at 20%. Uh, it's a $38 stock selling for, and they're going to make $3.16. So you're talking about what? A 14 PE, 13, 14, that's cheap for Pfizer. Their low is 12, their high is 21. So, yeah, I think you can add to it. 
I think it's a good. I think it's a good stock to have as one of your. It's two hundred fifteen billion dollar company. They have a pretty good. And when you're dealing with drug companies, everybody, you really got to go. Well, what does their stable of drugs? How how much how how many of their stable of drugs are going to be exhausted? Patents exhausted. In other words, does a patents end? And how much new drugs have they do they have in phase three trials that might come out? See, you got to kind of look at those things. Pfizer's, I think, hitting on all cylinders right now. So I, I kind of like Pfizer. So you have a thumbs up for me. Let's go to let's go to Jay in Kansas City. How you doing, Jay? Hey, th- it's good. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, called your show you. before, and I always appreciate your well uh, thought out responses and uh, your insights. Thank you. Um, my question to you is: I've called your show before. Really, I love IHI ticker symbol. <laughs> Uh, iShares Trust Medical Devices ETF. Right. And uh, today was a rough day. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I've yeah. done pretty well over with this. Every paycheck, I add a couple bucks to it. And um, is now the time to stop adding to it or pull the plug? Or kind of what do you see long term? Or was today just a rough day and charge it to yeah, the game? I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think you should worry about today. I, 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 you know, it just had a bad day. It's in a very slow upward trend and long as long as it doesn't break trend you stay with it it didn't break trend today so stay with it look at a long a one-year chart and draw a trend line and uh, run along the bottoms and if it breaks that trend that's when you would cut back not before and i would only cut in half i'd hold on to it long term i mean it's the medical development devices that's a good place to be retirement planning is a big focus here on invest talk and your market investments will play an important role as you build a secure financial future. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What are some of the telltale signs that tell you that you could be running out of money in retirement? In other words, what might be your budget planning mistakes? After break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. already passed the halfway point of the second quarter. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free InvestTalk podcasts. The InvestTalk Anytime listener line never closes. 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the before the break, I had a nice trivia question for you, and it was about money and making mistakes in your retirement savings. 
so you don't want to go broke while you're in retirement. So you need to become aware of the reasons that the budget you have in mind in retirement may not work. One, you don't have a long-term care plan. Now, maybe you don't want one, maybe you don't need one, but you need to give a thought. Long-term care is a very expensive insurance. I'm not a pro long-term care insurance guy, but if you're sickly or you've got issues or maybe a family history of you know, illnesses, you might consider it. Number two, you underestimated your life expectancy. I think a lot of people will fall in this category. If you reach age 65, you're easily going to reach into your mid-80s, easy. Okay, and every year that you live past 65, it pushes back the time, their life expectancy into your 90s. You didn't take inflation into consideration. Think about today. Inflation started to heat up. In the last 10 years, we had hardly any inflation. Okay, but normal inflation is 3.3% per year. We've been under that for a number of years. But what if we go above that? What if we go to 4%? You know, inflation eats your into your buying power of the money you have. You have to stay ahead of inflation. So make sure you take the long-term inflation of 3.3% at the minimum into consideration. Okay? And number five, you didn't take taxes into consideration. You think you're going to get out of paying taxes? You know they tax Social Security money, right? You know that. Don't think it's tax-free. It's not. It's added to your income tax or adjusted gross income for that year, whatever income you may have besides Social Security, and you're going to have to pay taxes on it, whatever tax bracket you're in. So think about those things. Those are really important signs of things that you need to look at. Am I going to have enough money? Am I going to have enough? Okay, it's super important, everybody. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. By the way, there's a lot more than just these five I just gave you. There's like 12. And, you know, if you are interested in seeing all 12 and you want the website uh, or the, the, the link, send me an email. I'll send you, I'll send you the link. Okay? 888-992-4278 is our number. So some of the talking points I wanted to get to, how, how do you, how does credit scores determine? Okay, and there's really five basic things. It's pretty simple. One, okay, one, your payment history. That's number one thing, your payment history of your credit cards, payment history of your loans. If you screw that up, your credit is going to go way down. Number two, how much credit you used. Don't think using the maximum credit you have is a good thing. That's not necessarily so. They want to see you managing your credit, you know, responsibly. And the age of your credit history, how long have you been doing it? So that's why I recommended my nieces and nephews get a credit card right away, use it, but pay it off every month because it gives you a history. You want to develop a history. Um inquiring about new loans. That drives credit cards, the credit history down, by the way. So don't do that too often. Only make sure you're interested in that loan. Make sure. And the types of loans. If you do a bunch of payday loans, ain't going to be very good. You buy personal, you take personal loans of any kind. Uh, they look at that. And, well, maybe if you make payments on time and you're good, 
But if you do that often, that kind of puts a damper on your credit score. You got you got to consider those things. Okay, so those are the five things you look at uh, and how they determine credit score. There's other things. Did you know if you have like four or five credit cards and then uh, you cut cut four of them up and only have one, that doesn't necessarily raise your credit score. That kind of takes it down a couple of notches. So there's all these weird things that affect your credit score as well. Let's keep moving along so you can get your most out of the podcast. Get, get the most. You can get the most out of the podcast. And we'll get back to Invest Talk Voice Bank right now for a question that came in from St. Louis, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin and Steve. It's Brad from St. Louis. Love the show. I am looking at a stock, BGSF. It's a staffing company. I'm looking to add it to my portfolio, 60 to 120 day hold, and then kind of flip out. It pays a 3.23% dividend. It just paid it out on the 14th of May. It's trading about 30% below the 52 week high. It's a reopening play with uh, mainly, it's, I think it's based in Texas. And want to know your thoughts. Thanks. Okay, uh, it peaked at sixteen dollars and ninety-one cents back in March. Today is at twelve twenty-four. Um, I think it's easily can go back to fifteen, sixteen dollars. I don't see a problem with that. Uh, they're going to make a dollar five this year, but next year a dollar thirty a share. It's a twelve dollar and twenty-five cent stock right now. And he was right about the dividend and everything. And you know what do they do? BGSF. Provides temporary staffing services in 36 states serving light industry and multifamily staffing markets. Okay. Um, so I, I think this is a good business to be in. It has pretty good return on equity, 17%. Um, not sure why it would have debt because it's not kind of a company that carries a lot of debt. But they have some debt. But a dollar thirty in earnings from a dollar five, that's a nice growth rate. Sales growth has been flat to down. So I'm, that should be turning around. If that doesn't turn around, the stock's not going anywhere. Because last quarter, it shrank 9%. It should start to grow this quarter. If it does, it's on its way back up to at the least $16. Okay, before COVID, this was trading in the low 20s. Okay, this is uh, BGSF Inc. Okay. Let's try another voice uh, voicemail question. This one came from New York. Hi, Duncan here from New York. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope you guys are enjoying it. The Northeast in New York, it is terrible out with the weather. So I'm just being a nerd and looking at stocks. My question for today is, I like your copper play that you've been playing on your podcast. So I've been looking at this stock or index, C. P-E-R, and it's the United States Copper Index. I liked your play about like kind of like a passive thing as in invest in the actual commodity. And when I was looking at the index, I was trying to look at its holdings, and it seems like it's just about like treasuries. I was trying to look for an actual stock so I could maximize my return. So I would say that I'm trying to look to be a little bit more aggressive with the copper commodity. So would you suggest me sticking with this index for long term between one to two years? Or would you just recommend another specific copper stock? Thank you very much and looking forward to the podcast. Bye. I would rather have you own two, three of the copper mining stocks, uh, the bigger ones, than the index. And this is a 
CPER, U.S. Copper Index Fund, exchange-traded fund seeking performance corresponding to the Summer Haven Copper Index total return. It's done very nicely. The, the low was in the COVID area, about $13 a share. And today it's got into the 12 area, $12 a share, 12 something. And today it's at $28. And it's broken above its old high made a, you know, a couple of years ago, which was 20 Again, now it's 28 Again, it's all about commodities. Uh, as I've said, I think we're in a super cycle of commodities. That doesn't mean they're not going to pull back, but I'm thinking long term for the next few years, commodities are going to be pretty strong. Pretty strong. So I would recommend getting into that that sphere. If you're not in it yet, wait for a pullback and just get into them. 888-99 charters our number, everybody. Um, on almost every podcast, I like to reserve a minute or so to remind listeners about some of the benefits Justin Klein and I can offer Klein investors through our company, KPP Financial. We are based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County, Southern California, between San Diego County and L.A. County. It's Orange County. Um, at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, share success, so what does that mean? That means uh, we give unbiased guidance. That means parallel investing. I buy the same thing. Justin and I buy the same thing for ourselves as we do for our clients at the same percentage, same price. So all our performances are the same in the various programs we have. And I'm in all my programs. I encourage you to take advantage of our pre-offer, free portfolio review assessment. We'll take a look at your holdings. And, you know, We can do it through telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. And we'll give us you our honest opinion. We will. Don't have to become a client. We just will give, still give you our opinion. You can send us a message to investtalk.com or call KPP Financial in Irvine, California. And after speaking with one of us, about 10 minutes or so, you will begin to see how I and Justin make a difference. And there's no obligation, as I said. You can call and talk to us anytime you want. We can help you. We want to help you. We can. We, we do. Next up, we have a listener question asking about when to take profits. That's a very difficult question to, to answer. It is. You might want to stay in here and see what I say about it. One minute. Be right back. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the InvestTalk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hey, guys. I had a quick question. Basically, 
as to when to take profits, do you have a specific percentage point at which you exit or begin to exit? And I'm sure it, it revolves around a number of uh, different factors and stuff, but when do you decide enough is enough, I'm happy, and I'm going to go ahead and take some profits? Thanks. Okay. Um, my computer went out there for a second. Uh, can we play that question again? I just got the t- very tail end of that. Hey, guys. I had a quick question. Basically, as to when to take profits, do you have a specific percentage point at which you exit or begin to exit? And I'm sure it, it revolves around a number of uh, different factors and stuff. But when do you decide enough is enough? I'm happy, and I'm going to go ahead and take some profits. Thanks. It's a good, very good question. Um, and um, so I'm sorry about that. I just had went, I don't know what happened, but there's a he's right. There's various aspects of when to take profits. Uh, one of our, my rules is once I've doubled my money, I'm going to take some off the table just because. I mean, but I also look at the valuations. Have this has the stock become overvalued? Okay, and if it's become overvalued, that's not an automatic sell. It's an automatic, man, I need to be very careful, and it might be time to take a little bit off the table as it goes up. Um, we don't use a percentage. We don't say, oh, if it's up 10%, let's take some profits after that, 9%. We don't do that. We don't necessarily use, a, uh, you hear me on the, on the radio say, well, if you're, you know, if the stock has been in an uptrend, maybe use a tr- breaking of a trend line to take profits then. If it breaks down below the trend, take some profits or sell a whole position depending on why you bought it. So much of the much of the answer is, well, why did you buy it? If you bought it for a dividend, you don't care what it does. As long as it can sustain and pay that dividend, that's what you're after. Uh, if you bought it for growth, then you'll have you know a sell point that you have to develop. And I wish it was simple. It's not just say, well, just wait till the doubles and get out. No, it's not. Because then that what happens is you just missed out on even more profits. What if it keeps going up and up and up and up over time? Look at Google, Apple, Amazon, right? They went up for years and years and years and years. You could have took profits all along the time and or you could have got out any time and you got out too early. Is it time to get out now of those stocks? Well, I would cut back. I'd diversify away from them, but I still have them would let's talk to gene in north carolina he wants to talk about bonds hi gene hey uh steve thanks for taking my call my question is about series i savings bonds okay Uh, not i for inflation right and uh so the series i savings bond just a bit of a background it the the rate changes twice a year may 1st and november 1st yes it changes the fixed rate and the inflation rate and fixed rate is good for the entire length that you hold the, the savings bond. bond up to 30 years, and the yeah. inflation rate is only good for um, six months. It changes every six months. Correct. And so recently, the fixed rate has always been zero. It's still zero now as of May 1st. But the inflation rate has uh, increased to 1.77, which gives a composite rate of 3.5, so you paid out 3.5. It's double the inflation rate plus the fixed rate. The fixed rate's still zero. So my question is, yeah. unfortunately, there's a limit on how much you can buy every year. You only can buy $10,000 uh, from tre- treasurydirect.gov. 
So if I right. buy it now, and in November, the fixed rate, you want to buy it, of course, with the highest fixed rate and hold it as sort of instead of a CD. Right. So the, the question right. is, yes, you do. If, if, if I think that the inflation rate will be, the fixed rate might go up from zero, I would wait to November as opposed to buying it now. What do you think? Yeah, because it closed, that's when it will reset. So, yes, you buy it close to the reset place if you think inflation is going to go up. That's exactly what you do. Sorry, I couldn't get much to that. You can call me and we'll talk about it if you want. 888-99-CHART. When you tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads, let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. Hey, this is Andy from Atlanta. I'm calling about ticker symbol P-A-C-K, PAC. I came across an article recommending to buy this stock. One thing I did notice is that it's trading near its 52-week high, but the earnings are looking good. I was curious what your take was on this stock. Love the podcast. Don't miss a day. Thanks. Okay, this is a, a, a typical growth stock. Uh, it's called Ron, Rand Pack Holdings uh, Class A Shares. PACK is a symbol. Provides environmental, sustainable, systems-based product protection solutions and packaging needs. It's lost money for 2017 up to 2020. And then this year, 2021, it's going to make 19 cents a share. Next year, 27 cents a share. Sales growth is accelerating, which is nice. Um, 38% in the most recent quarter. Before that was 18 and then 11. So it's moving up. Uh, it's a $1.8 billion company, but only doing $87 million a quarter in sales. And that was this most recent quarter, which was its highest quarter. So I'm a little concerned that it's overpriced. I mean, it's 27 cents. What are you going to give it? A 30 PE? Okay, well, then you're talking about what? Ten, eleven dollar stock, and it's twenty one eighty five. I think it's over, over. It's too expensive, and I'm not keen on growth stocks right now. Uh, I like the area. I think you know. I, I have to read more about what it does, but I like the area. But I do think it's kind of expensive, and that symbol is P A C K. Everybody. Okay. Um, what will it take for us to get back to normal? Well, according to Fitch, Fitch uh, uh, Ratings Company, they said it's going to take a, a, a to get back to full employment. It's going to take a year from now, another year before we get full employment. Okay, because they're saying there, there's too much trouble matching skills, workers' skills with jobs out there. There seems to be a mismatch. Well, we'll see if that's the case. Also, uh, he's, they said that older workers are permanently discouraged from the workplace. I can see that being true. Because if you're an older worker, it's hard to get a job. And the technology being used today kind of is beyond many of the older workers. So I can see that point more than I can see mismatching worker skills because employers can hire people and train them. But they believe it's going to take a full year before we're back to normal full employment even though the economy will be growing all that length of time. But I thought that was something I needed to share. Uh, market PMI numbers for May, 
Manufactured 62.1. They were expecting 61.5, and the month before was 61.5. So it was better than expected. So uh, we're going to get the Beige Book report out this week. Remember the Beige Book report is that report put out by the Federal Reserve 12 districts. They, they put out a Beige Book report on each district and report on them and the conditions, economic conditions in each district. I like reading the Beige Book kind of gives you a good sense of what's going on in the economy. So it's something that, you know, I think it would be healthy for you out there to get in the habit of at least reading the highlights from the Beige Book. On Friday, we're going to get our jobs report, our official jobs report. Uh, Everybody looks forward to that. Uh, I look forward to it. I I like to read it. But you got to remember, that's a lagging economic indicator, not a leading economic indicator. The weekly unemployment claims, I think, is something you should watch every week and make note of its shrinking, growing, what's its level. Give you a little background. If it's below 300,000, that's a very 300,000 claims per week. If it's below 300,000 unemployment claims per week, that's very good. Right now, we're around 700. So we're pretty high still, but we've been coming down. Down, 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 down. Hopefully that trend continues. But that's something you can look at every week. It's very simple to find. I mean, it's it's not hard. It really isn't. Anyways, everybody, I appreciate you being with me. That con- concludes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about us. We would love to, uh, you know, t- them to start listening to our free podcasts and download our show. You can get InvestTalk downloads anytime you want from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. And be sure and rate us if you would. You can browse by topics. You know, we've been mentioning that the last few weeks, months. You have 401k, cryptocurrencies, real estate, treasury yields, growth stocks, value, whatever. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk, everybody. Enjoy your week. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.